Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 231st episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by APIT.net, Audio Technica, and Manscaped. I'm your extremely humble host, Brenda White. You can find me just about everywhere. And joining me today, as always, my podcast, Rod Die, the keyboard and mouse to my trusty controller. You can find it on them socials at Miss Ally Hart. What's going on, Miss Ally Hart? What is happening today? Uh, Miss Ally Hart. Yeah, doing good. Uh, the unfortunate controller to my keyboard and mouse. Um, as much as I try to uh, get you to, I mean, divert back to the keyboard and mouse because you have tried keyboard and mouse on some games that we play but it just doesn't seem to stick with you especially when it comes to our first person shooters yeah um some games some games i can tolerate where it's a slower pace mm. <clears throat> i've found like i'm playing like valheim for example i'm playing that keyboard and mouse just because there's that amount of goddamn key bindings <laughs> that it makes sense yeah. but um it's playing like when we we're playing outlanders outriders the other day uh i needed to switch to to controller just because some of the weird key mappings on that was just too strange for, for yeah. my hand-eye coordination. I do agree so with that. yeah, so it depends on the game. If if it's faster paced and there's a high chance of death, give me a controller. But if it's something I can sort of cruise and ease into, like how Valheim's been at times, I'll uh, I'll stick with the keyboard and mouse. But yeah, it's getting there. Mm. Try and I keep I keep going back to the well, but the controller just feels nice in my hands. Like I when it comes to, oh actually no, that wouldn't be right because I was going to say when it came to first person shooters, I guess my OG would have been um an Xbox controller thinking back to mm -hmm. playing Call of Duty 2. 2. <laughs> um, Damn, um that's going back. Going back, but now I realize before that I was still a PC gamer, so I was playing Unreal Tournament and um uh, Quake Arena and all that sort of stuff with a mouse and keyboard so yeah no yeah you you were born in the keyboard and mouse darkness you know <laughs> i'm not doing you the embraced voice it from a young age i am not doing that voice no thank you <laughs> i was i opened the door but uh you slammed it in my face <laughs> so we, but, we uh, all know how we feel about that fucking voice uh, yep yep i just love that it's become a parody now in, in most sort of new reimaginings of bane like in the harley quinn uh, you know animated show and stuff like that that i accept i actually really enjoy i guess it is because it is making a mockery of the voice and the comedy attached to it like the jokes and the the mannerisms like the fact that bane is this big scary dude but in the animated series they've made him um <laughs> made him a bit of a butt of a joke you know so mm -hmm. i like it that he was in charge of uh, the credit card the company credit cards <laughs> <laughs> that was his job for some reason uh but yeah it's it's so underrated like anyone that hasn't watched the harley quinn animated tv show that came out over the last few years needs to suss it like here in australia outside of vpning or downloading i think it's still only season one available Shame. but um there's there's two seasons currently and i think a third's on the way if i recall but oh, yeah, it's piss funny been it's so great it's it's been so great like i was always a bit hesitant about it at first because I am not the biggest Harley Quinn fan, like, as a character in the comic books and then obviously seeing how she's been interpreted in the movie franchises. To me, she's a little bit, mm -hmm. a little, little bit of grit on the teeth. It kind of, you know, aches in my ear a little bit. I didn't mind her in the Batman animated series, but... I, I could give a take. So um, I've actually really enjoyed the series because it's done the one thing that I enjoy, which is focusing on Batman bad guys and yeah. you know they always have that comedic spin to it like the riddler is hilarious in it so um oh, what's his name from it's community the, the, the dean yeah um dean the dean voices the riddler yeah. um god what's his name in real life i'm having a you're the name now. guy too i am the name and guy. the community it'll guy. come to me like part way through this um god damn it this is gonna eat me up now oh, we'll put a bookmark in it and see if you remember further yep. along 
put a bookmark. It'll it'll come back to me. Mm. It'll come back to me. But yeah, it's so great. And um, we've been playing some games here that are that are pretty great as well. Mm. Like uh, you and I got our first taste of uh, Apex together yes. again after about about six she's months. She's back. She's back. Yeah, I just loaded it up and yeah, straight. <laughs> It was so quick from me pre- pressing send on my tweet to let everyone know that I had Apex access to Brendan messaging me within five seconds saying, uh, I've got some free time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I actually appreciate that because I could literally just like jump into the game. So a little rusty, a little rusty. Um, but I mean, uh, the, the best thing about Apex is you load in shoot a few people if you can and then the round is over and you're back in again so with every bad round you're the opportunity to have a good round is like right around the corner so yeah we had some spicy drops Oof. that's for sure we, we were into the hot zones 90 percent of the time and it was um <clears throat> the modes changed now so you're not dropping in with any kid anymore like um you were dropping into it start with during this timed anniversary event, you, you drop in with a Mozambique and a level one shield and some, um, you know, health items and shield items. But now you're just dropping in with your fisticuffs again, and uh, it gets heated, very, very heated. But uh, it's just great. It's just a great shooter. It's just a great battle royale. It's it's still my fave. Yeah, it's out of all of them, this is still my favorite. It just plays a a lot to my niche especially coming from like a destiny background which is usually when it comes to pvp very like fast paced and instant so it works for me yeah you instant instant gratification or instant frustration um (laughs) you know it's either like yeah i got that kill or yeah down that son of a bitch or oh i'm fucking dead again let's let's reload let's do it But that's part of part of the nature of the beast. So I'm keen to hear about. Uh, you've been playing a bit of bit of COD, a bit of the new Zombies Outbreak expansion that dropped. Um, what last last yeah, week? Yeah, it's right? like it's either last week or the week before. And time is so weird now, unfortunately, due to COVID, it's really hard to keep track of anything. But yeah, the Call of Duty Outbreak Zombies mode, which is essentially like a big open map, um, much similar to how like Warzone is a giant map, except for you have these missions that you need to accomplish and while that's happening you just encounter hordes and hordes of zombies and you can do uh like armor upgrade weapons upgrades little uh side quest task kind of things and um my husband and i jumped in with two randoms so um the randoms clearly knew what they were doing. We did not. Um, I could only imagine their frustration uh, trying to deal with us, especially when we were just like running around. We didn't know what was the main thing we were meant to be running towards. We'd start fights with high level zombies that we wouldn't realize. So they had to come and save us a few times. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. It's, it was a very different mode. Um, I, the, the Call of Duty zombie mode is pretty similar but i guess on a smaller scale uh this is on a way bigger scale like i don't know how many times we all got lost (laughs) so um but it's fun it was actually quite enjoyable i did like it it looks awesome and i really want to get in and and if you're rumbling on it again sometime i'd I'd love to get on i know you you messaged me when uh when you were playing the other day but i was uh down a valheim Mm. uh rabbit hole so uh yeah, sorry I missed that round. But um, I'm curious, like, do you think they're ever going to release this as its own game? Like, instead of packing it into the next Call of Duties, maybe they will just be like, like what they've done with Warzone now. Like, they'll have just Call of Duty Zombies and you can buy it or it's free and it's just its own thing that exists instead of it being a pack-in. I, I don't know because a lot of the stuff that, especially when it comes to unlocking characters certain skins when it comes to unlocking for guns and collectibles and attachments they usually link it up to the zombie mode and i believe they do that to encourage people who would normally just be set in doing pvp standard games it would encourage them to actually participate in the zombie mode so then people who enjoy zombies isn't always left in an empty lobby or constantly waiting yeah, for players okay. to play yeah, that makes so sense. I, I feel like there has to be some connection or attachment to the base game just for those collectibles. But as far as I'm aware, especially when it comes to Warzone, there is still some slight connection there when it comes to weapons. I know that that's been an issue for some people. Some people haven't been too happy about that. But um, Yeah, well, they've got... um. 
I can't remember what it is where you can buy it from the shop, but you can buy your loadout from the multiplayer. Mm. Like if you've got certain guns and abilities and perks set up, you can have that roll into your your Warzone match. So I guess, I guess you're right. Like they'd want to keep it all interconnected because yeah, there's there's certain things you got to do in zombies to unlock a what do they call them now? An operator. That's right. In, uh, <laughs> in multiplayer and stuff. So so yeah, um, yeah, maybe it'll always be sort of just you can't have one without the other, but. I feel it's getting big enough and they're making these those modes evolved enough to stand alone potentially. But that could be yeah, their, maybe it's just um, That could be honestly their goal because this map like it's very a very extensive map, it's very big and this mode is pretty consistent depending on how you want to level up and which uh level of attack I guess with the horde that comes towards you. They've got like certain levels and certain um I guess numbers that you kind of reach. Uh, we never reached the highest point because, like I said, we were noobs, so we kept on just going and <laughs> on to the next thing. We unlocked one thing that teleported us to another place, and yeah, it was all over the place. So, but maybe they do have an intention of making zombies COD its own game. But I just, I never see major interest. Like I never see people gravitate to zombies to such an extent that it would require its own yeah. game or the interest would be yeah, there. Yeah, it's not, it's not the sell point of the franchise, no. is it? Like, it's a cool mode to have and it's awesome, but yeah, maybe it can't sort of stand on its own own merit and be a successful sort of little offshoot where you buy it for 20 bucks or something. Yeah. I don't know. I know that, like, what kind of pushed me and my husband to play it was the, there was collectibles, um, uh, specific attachments uh, to, like, a battle pass specific for Outbreak. Oh, yeah. Uh so you had to complete certain tasks within uh, Outbreak to unlock these certain objects and banners and call cards and everything like that. So that's how they get that's you. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. Follow them breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've been playing a bit more No Man's. I dabbled a little bit this week in No Man's Sky. I played for a few hours by myself, <laughs> but um, because I've been playing so much of these grindy survival games, sort of back to back, I got a bit overwhelmed when I was playing No Man's Sky. Like I, I started. I've like you know still doing the the mainline story stuff, but I've, I've after hearing the awesome planets that you found and NATO's found and stuff, I started just trying to do like planet or galaxy hopping to try and find one of these perfect planets. Mm-hmm. Because I'm in this trash can little crappy ship, I've got like no fuel storage for like my hyperdrive, so I could I managed to jump two planets and then I was out. And this planet was so barren, I couldn't find any resources immediately to sort of get my fuel level back up to keep mm-hmm. going. So it just really frustrated me. I ran around on this planet for about 30 minutes trying to find the resources needed and I found nothing. And I'm like, well, fuck this. I'm done for now. I've turned it off and oh, no. you know, went about the rest of my day. But uh, it's it's great. Like it's so pretty and it's so fun. But like I, I need I need to to strike it rich. I need to find <laughs> a uh, I need to find like a um someone to bankroll my my space experiences because I'm so poor, Miss Hart. I'm so poor. I I have to talk about it on the podcast because I haven't encountered this uh, interaction for quite some time now. It's been a while since I what I believe has been happening to me and why I have become such a rich person in No Man's Sky. Uh, full disclosure, I am like, I have 200 million dollars in this game i am what <laughs> 200 million i have like 200 dollars i can't even buy a space sandwich it's actually more than that but i just like i just like rounded it down um oh my god so the thing is is there's the anomaly i never can say it right anomaly whatever it's a spaceship where An- oh, anomaly, anomaly yes, it's Jesus. I had to think of what you were trying to say. I'm like... I feel like the freaking kid from Finding Nemo. Yeah, Anomaly. Anomaly. See an enemy. Either way, it's a space that brings everyone together. So for the most part, you won't actually encounter other people online unless you go to this one single space and then you'll encounter everyone who's playing No Man's Sky at the time. Um, And what happened was, was that after a few visits, I kind of came back and... We've been kind of getting help from NATO. NATO's kind of helped us out with information on what's kind of going on. And um, I've also had um, Brand- Brandon from OK Beasts and now from, is it Megadads? Megadads, yeah. yeah. Um, he's been helping me as well with keeping me informed on what I should be looking out for. Uh, but 
one thing that was quite noticeable is I said, I have this thing on me and I don't know how I got it. However, it has to be an error because it says if I sell it, I will get $200 million. And Nate was like, nah, nah, that's not right. You, you, clearly like something's wrong. So I took a screenshot, posted it in Discord. He goes, what the hell? Like, where did you get that? I'm like, I don't know. So what is <laughs> I actually started searching for it and like check the Reddit. Yeah. Turns out there was some kind of glitch where people were able to get this item. And because they kept on getting a lot of it, some people were known to be handing it out at the c- space. <laughs> yeah, at the anomaly. Yeah, that thing. Um, <laughs> so, and people, what it is, is you don't actually have to accept things from people. They can just transfer it to you. So they just oh, send damn. it. So what would have happened is I would have been figuring my shit out. And meanwhile, someone would have sent me this thing. So just like that, I became a multimillionaire. And wow, you had like an anonymous backup yeah. to fund your space expedition. Yeah. And so I thought, wow, cool. Now I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to stress. That's awesome. Then I would keep going back because missions require you to go back. There's blueprints there, very exclusive things in this place where I would constantly go back and forth. And I noticed pretty high chance that every time I got there, someone would give me something. God. So I even went there with my husband because I've been getting my husband to play this game and he's been loving it and it's been a great experience. Um, But we would both go to the space station and I'd come back with stuff and he wouldn't get anything. And he says, I'm going to change my name to Peaches69 and see if that gets me anything. Um, So I think this is like the first time in a very long time have I experienced like weird awkward benefits of being a female in a game yeah like there's Damn. there's that classic like video where a girl says i need ammo and then like all those people like drop ammo yeah. Think. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so um it's it's been a weird experience i can't complain though because having all the money in the world means my experience has been great like i'm yeah just I can. You're hanging out in the penthouse. We're in the outhouse. Like, uh, you know, it is, it is grindy out there for us uh, bottom feeders in in space. But that's for sure. But you're just like, oh yeah, I'll buy this. I'll do that. I'll buy but this. it's been great because, like, like I mentioned, um, my husband's been playing with me, and just I wanted to say, like, you cannot, um, you can't put into measurement how awesome it is to find a game that both you and a loved one enjoy, and just spending that time in there. It's such a great experience. But, um. Yeah, he's he's honestly been benefiting from me being um, a multi-billionaire. Oh yeah, you're the you're the bloody the sugar yeah. mama right now. You're just like he's like, oh please, dear, can I buy this? Yeah, here you go, and, and a little something something on yeah, top. Yeah, so <laughs> I like anytime he's been needing some stuff, I'll I'll quickly run up and buy all the resources and just come back down and share the wealth kind of thing. But um, we God, we have two different play so, styles. So jealous. So it's been kind of weird. So jealous. So. Yeah, I'm so poor. Like everything is everything is a grind. Jump into a game, and I'll like I, I don't think you can transfer money, but if there's things that you need or anything like that, I'm like I've got tons, so <laughs> I can yeah, buy a few I things am, here or there. I am grandpa from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory right now. <laughs> like I am poor, bedridden, living off cabbage soup, and uh, it's it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. I, I want to live. <laughs> I just want to imagine you and your little dingy ship kind of thing. But I also want to oh. side note, companions have been great. Um, I have this adorable little weird creature and he follows me around everywhere. And he is such a, because I each companion will have a different personality and whether, you know, mm-hmm. they'll be useful or not. And mine is extremely useful to the fact that for some reason he'll go and run off and come back to me and be like, and he'll bring me sodium it's kind okay. of useful but i'm trying to train him to bring me something more useful i don't know why yeah. salt well, he, knows, but... he knows you like soda so oh. maybe there's like a, a real life thread there I... he's like here's here's a bit of you know mexican coke well for unless you. he's just calling me a salty bitch that's the only other thing i can maybe. think about but the... or maybe not salty enough um, that's why he's bringing you the same <laughs> little sassy thing but yeah. That's the other thing that's great is everyone can bring their creatures into that combined space and some some companions are a little weird. Um mm. it's been fun. Like this I have been raving about it pretty much every week now, but No Man's Sky, I credit to the team, Hello Games, it's been fun. I love it. It's 
free free um free updates. updates yeah free updates and they've given everyone this and the game is at its peak and it's just awesome and tons of fun and i'll get you into a game and we'll play along and i'll, I'll lift you up a little i just need that little nudge <laughs> i just need to get out of the out of the gutters that's all you know <laughs> I'm trying to stand on my own two feet so hard and it just feels like something crushes me. It's like, oh, now I'm out of this. Now I'm out of that. Mm. Now I'm out of, oh, now I'm getting chased by bloody sentinels. And it's like, come on, man. I just want to be a spaceman. I don't want to fight everybody. I hate sentinels. I just want a little companion that, that brings me things. Well, you can now, so. Yeah. No, my luck, I'll find some savage one that just randomly attacks me occasionally, like just because. I wonder if that's possible. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But, um. On, on the topic of, of world building and, and survival games, I've been playing more Valheim this week. So, you have uh, been bringing ben, some people in too. Yeah, yeah. Benny and myself have been rolling out playing and we also had uh, Alex from a couple of NPCs join us uh, during the week. He is much further along in the, uh, the Valheim story and overall success than Benny and I are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was nice to have uh, Big Popper come in I guess what you're like you're what you're doing with No Man's Sky, come in and show us the ropes and help us out and throw us some ele- like throw us some resources and stuff like that. So we've uh we've got our little encampment up to like the um to the bronze age now. So oh. we've gone from gone from like tin to copper to bronze. So we're we're building new things. Uh we went and did a heap of uh little little dungeons to to get these resources to be able to build certain stuff. Uh, funnily enough, I, what we were playing, I had to go AFK for a little bit. And, uh, when I came back, they somehow pushed me all the way across our base onto a war, like onto a raft and then pushed that raft out to sea. So when I came back, I'm just on this random raft out in the ocean and then they're shooting fire arrows at me to try and set this thing on fire to give me like yeah, a proper Viking burial. A Viking burial. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's dedication too. Like they took some time to push you. Yeah. Yeah, it would have taken them a long time to make that happen, but it was it was great. And uh, it's just good fun. Like now that we've sort of started to hit our straps a little bit and can survive more and do more and explore more without fear of getting one tapped, it's it's kind of cool. Like coming, like I randomly, I was running around this, this biome or this area on the map like called the Black Forest. And that's usually where you find these dungeons and, and higher, higher level enemies and items. And they've got these big giant blue trolls that roam around the yeah. area. They're like probably five times your height. You would have, everyone probably knows what I'm talking about. And um, I'm like, oh yeah, let's let's see what kind of damage I can do. And I randomly shot an arrow at this thing. Bad idea. Like I was so <laughs> undergeared, but I ended up soloing this troll. It took me about 10 minutes to kill this guy. But I was sort of just like kiting him around rocks and because and his turning circle wasn't as tight, I was able to like get a second to breathe to fire one arrow run for my life again, let him swing, roll out, fire one arrow. And I did this for about 10 minutes straight. I got him and I got his troll hide and, and made a nice shirt out of it. So, uh, yeah, I'm more equipped to take down more of them in the future. But I defeated yeah, this really blue troll really. and all I got was this shirt. <laughs> exactly. It's That's 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 on my shirt now. So, uh, yeah, I got it, got it em, em bloody em, embroidered with coal dust or something. But, yeah, it's, it's really fun. Like... Um, yeah, like we, we've talked similar to what you were saying with No Man's Sky. Like we've talked about this game now for the last couple of weeks and it's just a great little success story. Like a five-person team smashed this game out and it's just gone to the moon and it's great. It's stable. Uh, it's fun to play with friends. Some are just the some are just the mechanics and the, the logic of items in this game constantly blow my mind. Like when you chop down a tree, it doesn't just you know disintegrate into pieces of lumber it'll like the tree will fall and depending on how the wind blows it'll fall a certain way and it can land on other things break things and break whatever else so yeah break your head i've I've been killed by a few falling trees uh, (laughs) during during game time but just little things like that it's it's really cool like the the sort of real world environmental mechanics that um iron gate have put together in this game is awesome and um it's just been fun it's been a good little distraction and it's it's certainly a lot more enjoyable with friends like i was soloing on sunday morning last week it was okay like a bit grindy by yourself but it was cool to sort of see these things and do these achievements by yourself but when when i had benny and alex on on with me as well it just added this extra layer where there's this banter and camaraderie and doing big things together and and, you know just living that viking life was really really cool so I have to ask, is this like is, is this like an open server or does one of you have to be online in order to access like your base? I think 
I think like I could be wrong because I'm always logging in first when we're rolling together, but I've set it up as a community server. So it should hypothetically, like if you were to, to load in, you should be able to see my server because we're friends on Steam. Okay. And it's got a password. And like if you had the password, I'm assuming you'd just be able to roll in and then do whatever you like, mm. I think. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's the case. So when we can test that out because, yeah. I still haven't bought the, the game. The more the merrier, I think. <laughs> I still haven't yeah. bought the game. That too. <laughs> that too. That, that is obviously priority number yeah. one, but it's just good fun. Like- I've never been big on, like most recently with world builds and stuff. Like I wasn't, wasn't huge on Minecraft, and like, I'm not saying it's a bad game, but I just you know was really late to that party. Uh, digging No Man's Sky at the moment, D- digging Valheim. I love that I've got Vikings and space survival world builder games that I'm sort of just uh, getting immersed in at the moment. It's it's a good break from my usual gaming. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, within this like I guess downtime between major game releases, a lot of us have been able to gravitate towards like open world builders, survival games. I guess in the same sense, I don't know if No Man's Sky fully qualifies as that. I guess it does. You die pretty instantly. So it's interesting that these are the avenues that a lot of people have taken. So and then there's obviously yeah. no pixel with all the GTA community as well with their role playing environment. Yeah. So very dedicated games. Like you you can't just jump in and jump out. Like you kind of have something to commit to in there. So yeah, yeah, you got to be all in with these types of games. If you want to have the true experience, yeah, yeah you got to you got to throw some time behind it and some energy. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, not for everybody, but they're certainly fun as heck and, and playing with other people then adds to that level of fun. Hmm. But uh, on the topic of fun, I thought we'd maybe bring back... Uh... No, we won't. I don't have the soundbite on the board here. Sorry. I'll have to <laughs> put that in in post. Um, so disregard that. There is a there is a soundbite right here. iTunes review of the week. And this, uh, this review, it's the first one we've done for a while, comes from The Eddie G via the Apple podcast and uh, they are based here in Australia and he's given us that tasty five out of five star rating. So thanks for that. And uh, the review headline reads 10 out of 10. Oh, nice. So, uh, you know, can't you can't improve on 10 out of 10. So uh, that's nice. But the review reads, long time listener, first time reviewer. Sorry it's taken me so long. I really love what Ali and Brendan do with The Hungry Gamers. The way they talk about video games and life is very easygoing and great for all types of gaming fans. Thanks for doing what you do, Aww. smiley face. Thank you for the listening. Eddie G coming, coming in clutch, <laughs> coming in clutch with those beautiful words, and uh, it's it's nice, and we do appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to to write that review. I know we, we harp on it here and there about um if you want to support us that way, that's that's the best way to give us some immediate support is just rating, reviewing, subscribing on Apple Podcasts or you know sharing it on Spotify or whatever podcast player it is just to keep us relevant and tracking. So thank you, the Eddie G, for those beautiful words and uh, no need to apologize. You know, you, you got that review in eventually. So uh, yeah, apology not accepted for uh, <laughs> taking so long to write that review. Commit- it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Don't, we don't need the apology. Um, it's always nice reading the reviews as well because for me personally, whenever we read these reviews, it feels like us being able to connect to you guys that are actually listening to us. So, you know, exactly. it's always nice to have these little reviews there and making a little connection to uh, you guys that are listening. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's funny, like podcasting for the most part, like I think we've talked about it here and there. It's, it's a very thankless hobby at times, you know, and, and that's not a shot to listeners or anything like that. I think like, and, and I listen to a lot of podcasts silently i guess you could say as well like i don't always write reviews so i'm i probably should fix that especially when i'm preaching about it all the time on here so i need to get better there but yeah you know you consume the content and that's awesome but like taking that next extra step to 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 share why you consume that content or or share it just on your social that means an awful lot to us and um yeah it helps helps us keep moving so we're there, very thankful for people like the eddie g and uh, the rest of you lovely people out there that have tossed them reviews or shared shared content or just interacted with on them socials mm-hmm. you know we're always always down for a chat yeah definitely and we're also down for a bit of this bit of a sexy ad read time from our friends over at manscape we haven't done one of these for a few weeks but we thought we'd bring it back now i want to know ever felt like taking a trip to lv426 but were worried the space cowboys would judge your hairy undercarriage well worry no more as the purveyors of perfect pubic hair have got you covered the Perfect Package 3.0 kit by Manscaped is equipped with everything you need to keep your pulse rifle looking sleek, mean, and a killing machine. 
It also starts, it all starts with the Lawnmower 3.0, complete with a patented ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology, which will have you mostly coming at night. Mostly. Even though Manscaped are amazing, they do not promise that you are going to be mostly coming at night, but the thought is there. It also comes with an assortment of liquid, other liquid formulations to roundhouse your grooming routine. Some of these liquid tools for your family jewels include the Crop Preserver. It is an anti-chafing deodorant that will have you saying, game over, man, to the stink. <laughs> this is a total game changer. Why, are you, why aren't you already putting deodorant in the smelliest part of your body? Next up is the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner that will help you survive the scariest of bug hunts, sweat-free. The perfect package also comes with a nifty travel bag to carry your dismembered android, disposable shaving mats that will hide the facehugger eggs and set off the set of the comfiest anti-chafing boxes you have ever worn. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. And listeners, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code 8bit at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code A-T-E-B-I-T. Remember, people, nobody wants an empty, dirty, unusable flamethrower. Because that somehow makes sense for body grooming. We're connecting alien dots here. We're killing xenomorphs. And by Xenomorphs, uh, we're talking about pubic We hair. have a lot of fun with these ad reads. We hope you guys enjoy it too. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay, under this. This week's news headlines. And the first headline, game over, man, game over. <laughs> Hopefully I did our uh, Bill Paxton proud there. And by the way, it came to me before Jim Rash hey, is the dean from community. There we go. All right, so uh, this this headline is in honor of Alien Fireteam. So Alien's Fireteam, a left for dead like three-player co-op PVE shooter, has been announced for release this US summer on PC, PS5, Xbox Series X slash S, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Developer Cold Iron Studios revealed that the project, which was originally teased back in, 19, in 2018, will take place over a multi-mission story campaign, seemingly similar in structure to Left 4 Dead or Back 4 Blood. Cold Iron co-founder Craig Zinkovich says one of the goals of Aliens Fire Team is to fulfill the, in quotes, Cameron-esque fantasy we saw on screen in the 1986 classic Aliens. Fire Team is set in 2202, 23 years after the original movie, uh, after the original Alien movie trilogy. At this point in the timeline, Xenomorph outbreaks are rare, but the aliens are widely known about. The Colonial Protection Act of 2187 commissioned warships to patrol the universe and protect colonists from xenomorph outbreaks. You play a new soldier aboard the USS Endeavour and you end up orbiting Katanga after a distress call. There are over 20 total enemy types, including 11 unique types of xenomorphs ranging from facehuggers to Praetorians and synthetics will also be on your list of foes. Each campaign has new enemies to fight, one of them being a xenomorph hive. Players, meanwhile, can choose one of five unique classes, Gunner, Demolisher, Technician, Doc, and Recon. You'll be able to customize your Colonial Marine with unlockable cosmetics. Challenge cards are optional mutators that alter gameplay in order to encourage replayability. One card might require headshots in order to do any damage, for example. Meanwhile, higher difficulty levels introduce things like friendly fire, deadlier acid spray from Xenomorphs, and scarcer resources. Mm. So... This looks kind of cool. Like anything from this universe, I'm immediately giving it my attention yeah. because, uh, you know, we're all about that life here with THG. Mm -hmm. And um, I absolutely adore what James Cameron did with Aliens with the sequel to, you know, 1979's Alien. But uh, this looks cool. Uh, some more Colonial Marines action, uh, but in a Left 4 Dead world with some Gears of War looking graphics and movement style. Yeah. So... I'm in. I'm listening. Where are you at with this one, Miss I, I'm. I, I guess I'm on the middle, more leaning to the side of on board because it's been it's been pretty rough with having this like the, both the Alien and Predator franchise moving into the gaming space. Unfortunately, Predator Hunting Ground is like I haven't played it personally, but I've watched enough gameplay where I found it relatively boring. Um, it's it's pretty decent to the source. Like I actually enjoy. The predator gameplay and watching people mess with predators but for the most part i mm -hmm. wouldn't necessarily say that the game has been successful i don't really see a lot of people playing it or engaging with it unfortunately so having an alien game 
Although, um, what was the scary alien space horror kind of game that they released? Probably, oh, it's probably been a few years now. What was that one called? The survival horror game. Was it survival horror. It was like they they did Colonial Marines recently, and before that they did Alien Isolation, which is the best. Yeah. The best. Isolation, yeah, Isolation was good. Uh, so maybe Aliens doesn't have the curse attached to it so much. So I'm on the fence only because I think, uh, based with Outriders and how I've experienced that, I'm a little iffy on that kind of g- gameplay, the over-shoulder mm-hmm. kind of clunky yep, yep. tank-like game style. I don't think I enjoy it as much. So, But from what we've seen with the little short snippet of gameplay that we've been shown by LA, it was IGN, um, Yep, it looks yep. fine. It looks looks pretty good. Like the the, <laughs> there's, there's the token, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so I, I like I'll play it. I'll definitely play it. I just hope it succeeds. I never want to be disappointed with something. So yeah, especially when it's a franchise you mm. love. That's there's nothing worse than when a piece of media comes out from a franchise that you have a really strong attachment to, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. So I worry that that might happen with something like this, but. I feel confident in the fact that it's dropping on multiple platforms. Like, yeah, Predator Hunting Grounds, great concept, but it was a PlayStation exclusive, like, which was just weird to me. Yeah. Did they actually eventually cross-play it? No. They still haven't. No. PlayStation only. Yeah. So, wow. like, if, if they open that up to the other, other platforms and then had some cross-play, like, something like this, I think, could exist with a cross-play backend where you could play with your Xbox friends or your PC friends or your Sony friends mm. to maintain and ensure that there's a good, healthy player base. Because yeah. when they are these sort of niche PvE shooters, I think you need to have that kind of thought process in there because there's so many options out there. If this game's going to struggle to get a hook, you then need to try and just muster everybody into one one area as much as you can so get some cross play going here otherwise it could be could be a short life cycle for aliens fire team maybe hopefully hopefully it succeeds hopefully the game plays great and it's really enjoyable uh, especially with multiplayer and playing with friends and then it succeeds so well that they decide to incorporate the predator and then uh we can go through the experience of one of the greatest movies of alien versus predator and um yeah i think that that could oh, work oh goodness like, i'm not joking by the I, way i love how much you love, love that, that alien versus predator movie. movie you really do the second one requiem is so it's much a, better no but it is because it's just gory as hell. No. That's why it wins for me because there's just people getting blown to bits it's everywhere. Stupid. The first one's great. I love it. Oh, it's equally as stupid. <laughs> but like the concept was there. That's the problem. Like it was cool that, you know, these predators go back to prove themselves every several it's hundred a years or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, but then it's just like when they're when they're partnered up and the predator's like, yo powerful heroin here's some alien armor the, you know let's fight this thing together my enemy's enemy is my friend yeah. it was just like anyway anyway we, we i think we've ranted about that so many times on and off over the years both in a positive and a negative light like i'm just happy they're making more alien and predator based yes. content like that's where i'm what i'm happy about and this game like it looks okay it looks looks like it could be intense like the environments look dark and gritty and, and like they're ripped out of the aliens universe uh the combat looks pretty frenetic like especially when you're getting wave after wave of uh the standard mm-hmm. sort of soldier type xenos coming at yeah. you but i can only imagine the intensity of having the big old queen chasing you uh you know and running roughshod i love yeah the queen is one of like my favorites like just enjoy her overall like demeanor and how like gigantic she is um yeah I would. I. I actually should go back to that. Watching in the gameplay, that you'd wonder if you it would still be scary, which you could kind of link up to the Alien franchise. And I do enjoy that there are moments where you are going through the space station and all you have is the light of your torch. So, yeah, yeah, it looks good. No, no, no. I didn't see any any power lotus, so I don't know if we get to have no, any power loader battles to. with the Queenie. They'd have but, to. Um, it looks cool. Uh, just one one minor gripe that I've got with this game from that gameplay is take the health bars off the enemies. I think that is so unnecessary. Mm. Um, I think the un the uncertainty of knowing how much health an enemy has left then adds to the intensity oh, and yeah. the stress. Yeah, the ins- so take it away. The anxiety levels would be huge. Um, we did discuss this beforehand, and 
at first, I, it, to me, I thought, no, of course you'd have health bars. But I think we, I have been kind of ingrained to expect health bars. And having that level of uncertainty would actually make the game probably a little bit more, um, yeah, high intensity, which it, it should be. So yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but we don't have to wait too long. It's apparently out over some time in the next three to six months. So mm. that's kind of cool. So we'll see what happens there and just pray that we've got some cross-play uh, functionality there from launch. The next bit of news, Epic continues to go all Pac-Man and swallows up Mediatonic. So Four Guys developer Mediatonic has been scooped up by Epic Games as part of the Fortnite and Unreal Engine developers acquisition of the Tonic Games Group. Announcing the deal on its website, Mediatonic called the move, in quotes, a huge win for Four Guys, claiming that joining Epic will accelerate our plans to improve the game and bring Four Guys to as many players as possible while continuing to support the community. According to the developer, it'll be business as usual for Four Guys following the acquisition. Each season will continue to expand with new content, features, rounds, and costumes, it writes. And the game will remain available on Steam and the PlayStation Store. Four Guys recently announced Switch and Xbox editions will also still go ahead this summer or our winter here in the AU. Uh, further down the line, Mediatonic says it hopes to bring some of the features seen in Fortnite and Rocket League, which Epic acquired alongside developer Psyonics in 2019, over to Four Guys, including account systems, cross-play, and squad versus squad modes. Uh, and then they ended up by saying, we'll continue to be the same team working on the same game, but we'll now have the full power of Epic Games to help us take the game to new dizzying heights. So Wowzers, uh, going from a tiny little indie studio obscured amongst the masses of indie game studios to now, you know, purchased by Epic for, I can only imagine what kind of sum they, they purchased uh, the Tonic Games group and namely on the back of Four Guys 4, but awesome to see, like great success story. I, I'm super excited for this. I'm going to poo-poo all the people in a lot of the replies on these announcements that kind of made it seem like the guys were selling out. Um, I could only imagine being such a small company, uh, making a game, get hit with the crazy success that they did like please everyone remember way back when they released this game that the mm -hmm. the amazing um positive like reviews that they got the intense gameplay everyone jumping on board um and yeah like they, they, they've said because of this you know bio they're gonna work with getting cross play which is definitely something that a lot of people have been nagging literally nagging them for um they've recently just gone on to xbox right they've it's it's slated for Xbox in summer later this later this yeah. year. I think uh, our winter okay. is when uh, they're, they're dropping. So yes. sometime between June and June and August, it'll be on the Xbox and the Switch. Yeah, so that, that, I remember when that got announced, and people still weren't happy. They wanted cross-play. So um, I just ah. think this is positive for both um, Mediatonic and also players that seem to bitch and complain about everything that the you know dev team aren't doing so um having the same kind of game model as well as i guess like fortnite um where you know in-game skins and having to purchase crowns mm -hmm. it makes sense it kind of like adds up so i'm happy for them it makes sense too just on the fact that you know all those fortnite skins we'll probably just see them organically then get repackaged into a game like four guys i think because they've already got oh, like they access have, to some of these IPs. Yeah. yeah I, not, the, not the exact like, like <laughs> That's for what like, my you know, brain went to. And I'm just like yeah. trying to squish a jelly bean into such a tiny slender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll certainly beanify those skins, but I think we'll see things like that happen. And anyone that carries on about like them selling out, like shut up. Like that's, that's, I think like for the most part, that's the goal of having a successful business. If you can build this thing up, and you know, sell it off for a profit and get all the you know return on your hard work and your team's hard work, and then invest, reinvest some of that money into it, or start a new endeavor. That's that's good business. Yes. You know? <laughs> Kudos to everyone involved that did this. This is phenomenal for one of the biggest, biggest bloody publishers in the world to buy your studio. That is one of the you know biggest wins you could ever get. So shut up. It's great for exactly. them. Exactly. Be happy for them. Exactly. Be happy. <laughs> All right, the next uh, headline. Who doesn't love a good ladyfinger? Oh, yeah. That is the question. Pinky, middle finger, who knows? But uh, yes, you heard that right. Sony have been se has seemingly gone bananas with information first reported this week via gamesindustry.biz. 
Sony has devised a way to turn everyday items into working controllers, including a banana. The tech would apparently allow any non-luminous passive object being held by the user to be transformed into a controller. Objects would apparently be scanned with a camera, which would track items based on pixels, contours, and colors. A game could be trained to recognize objects as controllers or tell users which household items could be used as a controller. The patent application uses bananas and oranges as examples, explaining that the system would be able to track an object's movement so the object could be used to steer an in-game camera or to accelerate, deaccelerate, and brake. The application also suggests two objects could be used at once, meaning you could potentially dual-weld bananas. Wow. <laughs> putting, putting the object outside of the camera threshold could also pause the game. The patent then goes one step further, suggesting virtual buttons could also be superimposed onto the object, which would likely require some AR or VR technology to show the player the location of the button. <laughs> so, goodness, this is uh, some unique funky tech potentially <laughs> doing the rounds in the near future. We've got uh, the next evolution of Fruit Ninja, I guess. So, uh, wowzers, awesome, crazy sex games. Who knows? Oh, like uh, bananas, cucumbers, giddy up, VR porn. Next level. Gee whiz. Um, it, when they announced this, I thought about that New Zealand streamer who um, he that he's been known to be able to repurpose. Oh, rudism. That's it, rudism. He's always doing. Yeah, he's a legend. Wonderful creative things to repurpose just any item and play a game with it. Like he played PUBG with a pan. Like, yeah. I, I think I think my favorite one he's done is I can't remember the game he played, but he made a controller out of Doritos corn chips and Mountain Dew. No, wait, so it would have been out uh, Outwatch, Overwatch. I think it, it might maybe it was Overwatch. Because he's yeah, usually like, he is, smart. He, he is a savant. This I guy. think he played Fall Guys with jelly beans. He did. Yeah, yeah he did. And he even made a controller like in, is a life-size um, Fall Guys character and you could move it like around, like it had sort of like uh, axis monitoring wow. and bloody haptic feedback in it. Like he's, he's a, and he's a, he's a legend. Dylan's such a, such a nice guy, but he is so talented. So maybe he's going to go after Sony here because they're stealing his ideas. <laughs> I was going to say, Sony needs to get on the phone because they definitely owe him something. Um, overall though, this specific technology to us normals like just with our controller i'm, I'm happy with that um, i'm curious what the angle is like there's obviously clearly an angle here that they're tapping into yeah. and there's something further down the line that they're trying to build to upon but right now for me it's just sounds a little funny it's uh, it's my, it's the sequel to my friend Pedro. Oh it's, yeah, uh, that's what's happening. It's the uh, the AR VR edition. So uh, full full immersion for uh, Devolver's next game. But yeah, it's quirky and like we may this may never see the light of day. Like just because there's a patent, it doesn't mm. mean it's gonna amount to anything. It's but it's kind of cool that at least they're thinking outside of the box. Like <laughs> the evolution with the DualSense controller, we've talked about it you know, excessively how great that thing is mm. and what you can do with it. And not only in current games, but future games, what they could do with it. Now we're seeing the the next evolution potentially of the DualSense controller becoming a banana or an orange, or if you want to get real crazy, like a punnet of strawberries. How are you going to make that work, PlayStation? <laughs> Show me how you're going to get a whole punnet to work. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's It's something and it's kind of funky and quirky and... I think it's certainly going to go hand in hand with some more bespoke, uh, entertaining VR games. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think this is going to become like, you know, an addition to God of War Ragnarok or something <laughs> like that. Like, you're not going to wield a banana sword or anything like that in the game. But yeah, who knows? The thought's there and kudos for him for thinking outside the box. Oh. <laughs> All right, the next headline, Razer reveals $200 smart glasses. We're talking USD with wireless audio. Fresh off announcing a face mask with RGB lights, which I didn't actually heart like I'd never wear the damn thing, that's for sure. But it was very, very futuristic, very cyberpunky. Yeah, cyberpunk. Um, I, I felt like a little bit of um Oh gosh, I've forgotten the name of the game now. Um Division. It felt like the Division. The as Division. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, very division masky. But yeah, off the back of that face mask, gaming peripheral maker Razer has announced its first pair of smart glasses with wireless audio known as the Razer Anzu, priced at 200 USD. Like other blue light glasses, giddy up, 
The Razer Anzu protects the wearer from 35% of eye strain inducing blue light, as well as a secondary pair of 99% UVA slash UVB sunglass lenses. On the less typical side, the Anzu glasses also feature touch controls and open ear Bluetooth audio at a low 60 millisecond latency. The touch controls let wearers change and pause music tracks and media, manage calls, including an omnidirectional microphone, and activate smartphone assistance. If you're finicky about audio quality, EQ adjustments can be made from the relevant Android or iOS apps. Razer says the Anzu will last five hours on a single battery charge, but when it's folded up and not in use, it can last up to two weeks on standby power. The frame itself is water resistant, meaning splashes from workouts and moderate weather should not be a problem. So Miss Hart, uh, as, as a glasses wearer yourself, would you be looking to pick up a pair of uh, Razer Anzu to uh, lessen the impact of your gaming sessions? I can't. Like, I just can't. Like, for some reason, like, having a pair of glasses made by the same people who uh, did my keyboard just doesn't sit right with me for some reason <laughs> and then the idea of also leaving the house with it like i am like sometimes a bit of a closet geek so walking around uh in day broad daylight when i do uh with a pair of glasses by a gaming you know gaming company essentially uh it, it sounds it seems a bit weird to me um i also don't like the idea of bluetooth audio um, coming from the glasses. Yeah, it just gets thrown out yeah. there beside your ears. Like it's people can hear what you're talking or doing. They look like um, I get some real Doctor Robotnik vibes from yeah. the glasses. Like it feels like they're his kind of got like they're a very interesting style and shape they've gone yeah. for as far as the uh the framing the themselves. Thing, like I doubt they're gonna do an extensive like design. Like you'll just have the one offs essentially. So that's it. Yeah it's, it's that one set, that one rounded set. So you can be Dr. Robotnik or like Dr. Ock like Doc Ock from Spider Man. Exactly. That's, that's your cosplay sort of I have a giant noggin too. So I can only imagine what these glasses would do for like my shape face. So I am gonna pass on these bad boys. Um, I'm happy with my uh, big old frames I've got here. So um, I can see it being beneficial to other gamers though. Like um, blue light glasses in general is a big factor for us glass wearing people that sit not just behind the computer gaming, but just, you know, all of us that... Yeah, in front of a computer for work or watching telly, all that stuff. Yeah, Exactly. So um, all the other little bits and bobs. They've got some utility. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> just like uh, I, I could see people benefiting from them, but for me personally, I probably will not go for them. Yeah, the the design I think is like I don't I don't wear glasses, but like if I wore glasses, I would not buy no. them. Um, for one, like I've got a very unique shaped head, so only certain styles of glasses work for me. So I would look like yeah a, a bad a bad cosplay wearing these and like imagine trying to do like a zoom call for work wearing these <laughs> like people would just make fun of you but uh at least razor's trying something you know they're thinking out of the box mm. with the the funky futuristic face masks and the these um you know smart glasses the anzu uh, we don't have it in the docket but i just wanted to highlight too i saw that um elgato have made uh, customizable uh, soundproofing modules. I don't know if you saw that this I week. I feel like I did stumble but They've made that. acoustic foam with these funky mount plates and it's really cool looking. Like, no doubt it would be exuberantly priced, but like, it looks nice. And yeah, if you're looking for some proofing and you've got a bit of extra cheddar to throw around, it could be a goer because it looks really slick. Mm. Really slick. All right. Uh, the, the last bit of news we've got here today Outriders demo getting patched, making legendaries harder to farm. People Can Fly is patching the Outriders demo to address player activity and fix bugs. One major change will make it harder to farm legendary items in the demo after players discovered a loot cave amid other unintended exploits. The full patch notes can obviously be found on Reddit as well as on the Outriders website, where a Square Enix representative notes that the popular demo has been downloaded by over 2 million people since uh, 2 million million players since its launch on February the 25th. A back-end update has dropped that will tweak mob health statistics and stop players from farming legendary items with an exploit. This exploit allowed players to load into a mission, loot a trio of chests, and repeat 
as an alternative repeat runs of side quests will now offer a chance to drop legendary loot to incentivize a more above board method of farming <laughs> the post notes that some of the exploits found were not within the spirit of the game which is why the developers are stepping in a patch coming early this coming week will also add requested features like a motion blur toggle and implement loading time and frame rate tweaks as well as several as well as fix several crashes across all platforms. Going forward, People Can Fly is looking at a number of issues to address, including camera shake in cutscenes, items disappearing from player inventories, funky teeth, and cheating players. <laughs> Added the funky teeth part in there just from your stories. Know, you but, can't uh, promise that though. This is interesting. This is interesting. Obviously, this demo, you're capped at level seven, um, but it hasn't stopped people from farming the absolute bejesus out of loading up their inventory with legendary items uh, for when the game releases in full in uh, a handful of weeks' time, uh, which is crazy. But I, I like to see that at least there's been some appetite for this game. Like two million players uh, have have gotten in on that. So it shows that there's some some people out there that are keen for some Outriders when it drops, hopefully. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, them farmers getting cop them them loot them loot caves. I love uh, it. Yeah, don't do not exist too long in games these days. No, I, like every time I hear about a loot cave now, it just like makes me smile and remember old Destiny One days and the the loot cave, um, the classic. Uh, and I, I never get mad at the idea of loot caves. Like when people find an exploit and then it just goes around and then the poor dev team has to kind of scramble and fix it before people really take advantage. I know a few people that were actually doing this. So I, I know they've gotten enough. Like they've gotten plenty of legendaries in this game. Yeah. The other thing is, is that um, a lot of people have been finding just like longevity and replayability in a demo. You know, um, I think that's the full credit to the game. As we kind of mentioned the previous week, for me personally, I don't, re- I'm not really hooked on it. Uh, I didn't really find any longevity f- for my personal enjoyment in this game. But to see that other people are enjoying the demo is the credit to the game. So good on them. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, we we had fun. Like, I played through with you, and it was about a three hour experience, and mm. I'm good with that. Like, I know, I know, Benny has really had the the hook sunk in with this game. Like he's played through the demo with all four of the classes oh, now. Wow. So he knows all four of them, uh, got them to the maximum demo level and, and you know, finish those those dry runs with all four. And, and he's he's keen as a bean for when this drops uh in what is it, start of start of April, is it? I think it if was I remember definitely right. an A month. <laughs> Dates escape me, but I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's sometime it's April, in April. But but yeah, this it's certainly hooked in with a lot of people. This game, like you can see some some good harmony on Twitter for a change with people saying they're really enjoying it, or you know, it might not be perfect in this way, but they they see potential in some of the things it's doing and whatnot. So hopefully, this game is a good success for people can fly and finds a good player base and uh, hangs around for a little while. But uh, Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of the news. So maybe we can jump on with this tweet of the week. And this tweet comes by at Frost, and that's Frost with an E. And, uh, you know, it was a screen share of a prior tweet where he says, uh, how many retweets on a tweet for you to get, in quotes, sex is temporary, gaming is forever tatted on you. And uh, old Nade Shot from 100 Thieves says 100,000 retweets. And then uh, lo and behold, this uh, overall screen grab of this uh, sort of tweet discourse has gotten over 100,000 retweets now. So uh, Nade Shot is getting this funky tattoo placed on himself. So uh, Miss Hart, you come up with a great idea about uh, what gaming tattoo of shame would we give each other? Mm. So Miss Hart, what would you uh, what would you make me get tattooed on based off X retweets or if it was just a force thing? What, what am I getting? I really, really thought about this because I wanted to put something on you that would, that would sting you a bit, like every time you saw mm-hmm. it. And... Um, I, I can't well, I can't remember what the name of it is, but you know that classic design of the little kid pissing on something? Like Oh yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, the from the comic strip. Yeah, yeah. So um I think what I've come up with is what I'd get the tattoo that you'd have to get is a PlayStation pissing on an Xbox. <gasps> damn. Damn. So I think that would sting you damn, every time damn, you'd damn. see that. It would sting me, because it's like I love them both, but like, yeah, I know I, I naturally side more with Xbox. Mm. But it would break my heart a little bit seeing two of my favorite things, you know, doing such bad things to each other. I'd try and like come up with a backstory that maybe they're into that. <laughs> maybe, you know, the Xbox likes a bit of, uh, you know, body fluid share. And that's what it is. It's sort of a sexy Maybe the Xbox thing, was overheating. 
Maybe, yeah, the red ring, oh. the red ring of death. So uh, the PlayStation is the cooling it down. The red ring is just another kinky side of them. Yeah, that's something else you got to get checked out by the doctor. But um, <laughs> I, I thought of like, remember in Jackass where Steve-O gets the giant uh, back tattoo of himself with the thumbs? <laughs> I thought of that with you, but a big Joel from The Last <laughs> of Us on, on your back with the thumbs. Because I know you're not the biggest Last of Us fan. And I thought, you know, just his big smug, grizzled smile given the double thumbs <laughs> as a full back tattoo would be the best. That, first of all, full back tattoo, so that's pretty intense. But just the <laughs> Oh, fact- yeah, we're going all in. We're going all in here. <laughs> but the fact that it's such a somber character doing like an A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't Steve-O also have Steve-O rocks as well? I think so. He's he's got some like I can't talk. I've got some terrible tattoos as well, but he's got some very terrible tattoos. Oh, yeah. Like uh you know, he he lived a, he lived many a life old uh Steve-O, but uh I think he's clean and living a clean he healthy now, life yeah. and got his things on track these days. So awesome. Well well done to him. And anyone else that does that type of stuff because it's not easy no. to uh get yourself out of that darkness. But yeah, that's that's the tattoos we'd give each other. Listeners, what kind of tattoos would you give your friend or even us, like what tattoos would you say Ali and I, or I had to get uh, as far as a gaming tattoo of shame? So uh, hit us up on them socials at WeAre8Bit or if you want to drop us an email with some further explanation, hello at 8bit.net and we will go through some of those during uh, THG232 next week. We might, we'll chuck it up on the, on the socials so keep your eyes peeled for uh, that on Twitter and Instagram. But Miss Hart, let's jump into this. New releases and events. All right, so we're talking this upcoming calendar week from Monday 8th onwards. So obviously, if you listen to this right now, it is Monday the 8th uh, that Hungry Gamers would have dropped. Uh, I'm still trying to confirm the exact date because I've got mixed reports that Apex Legends, uh, it drops on the Switch this week. But over in the US, it had it listed as Monday the 8th. But then looking on some of the AU listings, it was like Wednesday or Thursday. So I'm just going to say sometime this week, Apex Legends is available on your Nintendo Switch. (laughs) So if you're looking to play some Apex on the go, uh, you want to drop in with your Jumpmaster mates, you'll be able to do that on the Switch in handheld form or docked form sometime this week. Uh, And then we've also got uh, this coming Tuesday, the latest episode of Hoop Dreams, as well as Kofi exclusive uh, is this thing on, dropping on Tuesday as well. Uh, Wednesday, we've got early access via Kofi as well to the Cocktail Club number three with uh, Wilco and Benny jumping in the podcast chairs and riffing about life and having a nice couple of tasty drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday, uh, Resident Evil during the storm demo. So it's it's out I think earlier in the week as well, but I just chucked it in to fill out Thursday. <laughs> Google this. This is like a fan-made uh, reskin of Resident Evil 2. Uh-huh. And what they've done is they've made this demo, which is set before the proceedings of what happens with Resident Evil 2 with Leon and Claire. And it looks really, really, really good. I'm going to download <laughs> this this week and play it and report back uh, next episode. Uh, otherwise, uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, is dropping oh. on all them platforms this coming Australian Friday or uh, US Thursday. And no WandaVision on Thursday. Season finale was yesterday. Thanks, uh, not going to say anything apart from I think it did well. Uh, you know, I'm happy to talk in more detail to anybody about it. Just message me. We can talk about it out of the public eye. I don't want to be that person that breaks spoilers or anything. But I think overall that season set out what it wanted to achieve and it did it really well. And just just that the performances by, you could say the three leads, you know, your, your Paul Bettany, your Elizabeth Olsen and your Catherine Hahn. I think they absolutely crushed it the entire season. I loved those three and just the depth that they brought to those three characters through these nine episodes. I appreciate like the love that Catherine Hahn's been getting. Like she's been acting for quite some time now you'll recognize her from something and just seeing yeah all the love that she has been getting in this tv series and how much people have adored her i'm glad like she's getting interviews she's being on the front of magazines and websites now so i i think she's great she really is like she she's always been one of the the side characters in so many movies over the years. And she's always nailed the role that she's been given, but it's nice to see her get more of a, a leading role in this show. And um, I loved her 
in uh, in one division. And I also love now that the the big uh, the big wink is now one of the new memes yeah. on the internet. You know, like uh, you know that that's some of the new internet hotness. But yeah, I I can't wait to to talk with people about their thoughts on what they've done with WandaVision and, and how it sets up the MCU or doesn't set up the MCU for the future and all that kind of stuff. But really, really nice. Uh, you know, great show, just very different to what the MCU has done in the past. So it's nice to see uh, them sort of really focus <laughs> down this path. I know I'm speaking very broad here, but avoiding I'm avoiding spoilers, spoilers yeah. but it's yeah. great. It's great. And yeah, I love the leads. Uh, love that show. Because, yeah, there's nothing much else out at the moment, which makes me sad. Uh, American Gods. Uh, the new episode of American Gods is Monday yeah. still. Was that? I said I've got a million things to watch. So, luckily, there's always, like, everything else. That's true. That's I don't true. have to worry about people I still want to take it. a look at... um. God damn it. I can't remember it. Dun, 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 we mentioned dun, it just last week. That just dun, came dun, out. The animated dun, version dun, of... Dun. The, mo- the two movies that came out, the first one had Idris Elba in it and Charlie Hunnam where they're in the big mechs fighting kaiju. I'm having a mental blank as to what it's called. Guillermo del Toro did the first one. Uh, what's it called? Where they're fighting creatures that come through the void and they're in big mechs and they, they drift together and combine for their mental abilities to synergize in these big pilot Oh, Pacific machines. Rim. Pacific Rim, yeah. I want to watch the anime. That's it. Thank that you was for a that. wild I ride. <laughs> I was drowning out here, uh, but you threw I've me that life seen raft. The movie. Yeah. So the first one, I like. I liked it to be honest. The second one was a bit ho hum, but the first one, I really liked the first one. Yeah, I'm not a big into like um, monster films, like big monster fighting films. Oh, okay. Even though people debating who they have their money on on Godzilla or the you know gorilla or King yeah. Kong, yeah. No, Godzilla, all, he's, he's the king of the monsters. Yeah. Of course he's going to win. Yeah. I just love them. You'd think, but yeah. who knows? Maybe they won't. Like, maybe there will be no loser kind of thing. I think it's a swerve because if you look at a few of the frames from the trailer, you see Mecha Godzilla in there and I think they're going to unite and fight him. I think that's the um, way it's going. Yeah. But, uh, you know, anyway. But, yeah, that brings us to the end of The Hungry Gamers for the 231st time. Miss Hart, anything else you want to say before we close down this studio for another yeah, week? Yeah, got some very somber news, unfortunately. Our podcast, you know, brothers, essentially, a couple of NPCs will be recording and releasing their last episode of their podcast next week. Um, I believe they will be recording on Monday, so today, I guess, when you will be listening. So, please... Send them love, send them support. Um, they've been with us from the very start, and um, yeah, they're just the best dudes in the world. So, um, yeah, show some support and some love, and then obviously follow them on to whatever wonderful things they're continuing on with. So, great guys. Yeah, Alex and Andrew, they came up through the same time as we did, and and they've been some of our longest friends in this uh this podcast game. So yeah, Twitch TV forward slash a couple of NPCs. If you're listening to us on the Monday AU morning, uh, yeah, check, be sure to uh, give them a follow on uh, Twitch just to make sure you can confirm when they go live that uh, this this Monday night or, or tonight if you listen to us on Monday because uh, get in there. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna jump in the stream and, and see what they do for that big last hurrah. But uh, yeah, massive, massive legends. Two of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And um, yeah, just, just great to call these two dudes our friends and onwards and upwards for whatever journey they have. But uh, yeah, it's very, very bittersweet mm-hmm. to see another one of our uh, our podcast brethren uh, hanging up the hat. So uh, yeah, we're going to miss you. going to miss you. And be sure to uh, check out audiotechnica.com for the best in audio-based equipment. But until next time, 8 Nation, it has been our pleasure to bring you episode 231. Much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. I'm kind of on board with this job tattoo now, but I want it to say, hey. <laughs> hey! My daughter's dead. Hey!